everyone, and welcome to my podcast. Uh, my name is Lindsay. Um, you are tuning in to Intense Like Camping um, because I have been described most of my life as a relatively intense human being, and we wanted to add the little joke of Like Camping Intense. So, welcome to my episode one which is going to be about motivation. So what I'm going to do on this podcast is talk about a variety of different things and hopefully interview some people and get some live call-ins going. Uh, Of course, maintaining that happy, upbeat intensity that I typically carry when I speak about, you know, pretty much anything. What I'd like to do is have a mini-series at the end of this year to kind of prepare us to set goals for next year. Uh, I am a huge goal-setter myself, and I'd kind of like to walk you all through the way that I set my goals. But in order for us to set goals, I feel like a few other things need to be present. So today what we're going to talk about is motivation, quote-unquote motivation. Now, I want to talk about this because motivation is actually relatively controversial in the sense that some people believe that you can be motivated and some people believe that motivation is essentially crap and you just have to, you know, get up and get things done. So let's talk about first and foremost what the actual definition of motivation is, okay? So to be motivated is essentially to have a reason to do something, So motivation, like the synonym of motivation is essentially your why, especially if we're talking in the context of like motivational speaking, right? Uh, You know, there's this question that everyone asks as to what is your why? Why do you do things? What is the reason? One might also describe or explain or define motivation as the ability or the drive to get something done. So in talking about motivation today, what I'd like to do is kind of share with you what, what helps me maintain my motivation and then give you some practical ways to build your own motivation if you feel like you don't have any. Now, obviously, again, that's a little bit challenging because of the controversial issue of if people actually believe in motivation or not, or if they believe in something completely different. Some people believe that motivation is, you know, acting or behavior, right? So it's not just the desire to want to do something, it's the actual action it takes to do it. Some people would describe, you know, action people or people who are actually getting things done as motivated individuals. And then of course you could argue, you know, we could go into a whole philosophical thing of someone might have the mental motivation or they might have the like the the drive or the desire, but maybe they're not act- acting on it at, at all. And, you know, you could also say that someone is acting or doing things, but they don't necessarily have the right motivators, right? So the reasons that they're doing things aren't really um, in line with, you know, good reasons or something that's morally correct. So this is actually a common question that I get asked all the time is how do I stay motivated? Like what motivates me? How do I maintain, you know, this happy, I guess, you know, whatever energy that I'm throwing off that people are picking up, I get asked quite frequently, you know, how do I maintain that? So we're going to have a bit of story time. (laughs) We will have some story times on this podcast, hopefully not just from myself, but from others as well, because I love hearing about other people's lives. Not always too excited to share about my own, but I think it's important to practice that vulnerability and, 
you know, be honest in what, you know, if I, if you guys really want to know what motivates me, I'll tell you the honest to God truth. Um, so a few years ago in about 2014, so it's 2018 now, 2014, um, I hit just what was the beginning of, you know, what would later become the darkest point in my life. Um, so it started out with, I left the career field that I was in for about seven years. Uh, you know, I did leave it. I wasn't fired. Uh, and I went into a new career field. I went and studied in school for this new career field. I, I got a job before I left my initial, you know, career that I really put my blood, sweat and tears into and that I truly, you know, loved. So I left that. I went into this new career field and I didn't realize at the time how much it would affect me, you know, how heavy it would be to spend seven years in, in this certain industry and to invest so much. And I had just gotten to the point where it was really hard to exist in that industry. And there were some personal matters that were causing really dramatic messes and my performance was decreasing and it just got really challenging and it, it was one of those careers that you it was my entire life you know it wasn't just my job I lived there I I you know seven days a week I grew up there essentially it was you know my main job when I got out of high school and I kept it till I was 24 years old so it was it was a lot more intense than I had originally anticipated when I decided to leave so that was the the first thing that I that I came into and I promise you this story isn't about self-indulgence or you know woe is me I'm really trying to explain to you all the things that I encountered because that's going to circle back to what motivates me. So next after that, uh, you know, I had my big, you know, my first real true what I would describe as heartache in life. Um, I was deeply in love with this man who I thought was my soulmate. We didn't necessarily have an abusive relationship, but it was very unhealthy as far as boundaries and, you know, uh, ethically it was very... Uh, you know, inappropriate and, you know, it became obsessive and we, it was just, it was toxic. It was one of those classic, like intense love, toxic relationships that just was not sustainable. And um, because of some unresolved issues that I had from being a young person or, you know, my childhood, basically, I was really uh, not very capable of coping with that breakup. Um, so that spiraled into, I, you know, had the lease on my apartment had ended. So I moved in with my sister because me and this guy were supposed to move in and then we didn't move in and we broke up and I was just, you know, I, I didn't have my career anymore. I didn't have this man and this, you know, this vision of a family and life anymore. I was living at home with my sister. I lost a lot of money. Um, when I switched career fields, I, you know, I had to go back to starting from the bottom. And so I lost my salary. You know, I just was, I was a complete hot mess for lack of a better term. Um, and what really put me into, you know, just that deep, dark place was once I got out of this relationship with this man that I was, you know, was so in love with, um, I was in a very emotionally fragile state. Uh, and I was dealing a lot with depression and anxiety and all the other things going on. And um, unfortunately, I became you know, the perfect candidate, the, the perfect victim for abuse. And so, uh, you know, fine. This was all of this happened between 2014 and 2016. So it was just two full years of just complete. I mean, I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't know what to do. I was just like barely treading water. You know what I'm saying? Like just sluggishly going through life. And to be honest with you, a couple years before that, um, my, 
entire life wasn't, you know, in shambles yet, but I had, you know, mentally and emotionally, I was putting myself in positions I shouldn't have. I was making very poor choices. So I was basically, you know, gearing myself up to be in this, this bad position, which obviously at the time I had no idea. I, you know, was doing the best I can with what I knew, what I thought was a good choice to make. And, you know, it led me there. So, um, I was in this abusive relationship. Thank God I wasn't in it very long. I would I can't remember the exact time frame. It was honestly probably between six to eight months. Um, mentally and emotionally abusive were his main, um, go-tos, but it, it ended to, uh, being sexually abusive as well, which was also in turn physically abusive. So, um, that was sort of my bottom of life. I was in a really, uh, really dark place. I can't really say that I, you know, actively thought about killing myself, but I definitely, you know, didn't really care if I lived or died. So I was just kind of like going through the motions. I mean, it's really hard to explain where I was mentally because it was such a fog. Like, I don't even know how I maintained my job at the time. I just kept going, but I was at a really like low level, if that makes sense. Like, it was like my car was forever on E. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kept being, I was able to drive places, but I just didn't have like any fuel. So once I left that abusive relationship, Uh, So 2016 is when it ended. Um, Again, I was at the bottom. You know, I had to move in with my grandmother. My abuser was also very uh, abusive financially. So I wasn't completely broke, but I did not have a savings account. Like I I literally didn't have anything. So I moved back in with my grandmother. Uh, You know, I got back into the workforce. Well, I had had a job even when I was with my abuser, but I was, you know, more present in my work and I was able to kind of pick back up from there. So A lot of my growth and development and a lot of the stuff I learned came after 2016 when I was processing everything that I had encountered from 2014 till 2016. Um, So when people ask me what what motivates me, I feel like this this is a common question for a lot of people, right? So when we see people who are successful or we see people who are happy or we see people that we feel influenced by, I think a lot of times we forget that they probably have a story that we don't know anything about. And I think the fact of the matter is, is a lot of people, a lot of successful people, even, you know, people that we talk about in society, um, you know, who have done big things. Steve Jobs for is a classic example of someone who, you know, Steve Jobs really struggled quite a bit in life. He faced a lot of challenges. He went through a lot of devastating things and he's one of the most successful people that you know, many of us talk about very highly of frequently. So we forget to understand that we might see externally someone who's like super quote unquote motivated, but we're not really realizing it's not necessarily always like something that they're just born with or something that they actively practice. Um, It might be someone like who in my case, you know, my motivator, you know, to kind of circle back the story is I know what my lowest low was you know what I'm saying like I've gone to that dark dark place and honestly since then I've never lost you know my quote-unquote motivation or as I like to call it my self-drive because I never want to be in that place again or those places and so because my life sort of you know crumbled all at once all my pillars you know emotionally mentally physically spiritually like everything just completely broke I, you know, have experienced in each of those contexts, like what I consider to be a really low place. And so it's, 
it's easy for me to feel motivated to avoid going back to that place again. It's almost like you've been to hell and you're like, okay, I consciously realize that this is a terrible thing and I don't want to go back. So how do I avoid going back to that place? Now, what I want to do for everyone today is, you know, maybe you haven't experienced something like that. And I'm definitely like, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that people who have experienced trauma or dark things are always motivated because we know that's not true. And I'm not necessarily saying that if you haven't experienced those things that you can't be, you know, motivated and self-driven. And I'm certainly not encouraging that you go, you know, purposefully put yourself in like a dark pit, dark place just so you can, you know, learn from that and, and build motivation from there. I'm not saying those things at all. Uh, I'm just saying the honest truth as to what motivates me and it's, you know, things that I've experienced and positions that I put myself in that I I don't ever want to, you know, make those mistakes again. So as far as the practical application, if you yourself are struggling with motivation, and the reason I want to talk about this today is because, like I said, I'm going to do this series and then maybe, um, I don't know, I'd have to map out December, but I want to talk about a couple other things before we go into goal setting because I don't necessarily think it's important to be quote unquote motivated, but I think it's important to have a little bit of self drive, you know, and to, and to actually want to do things because if you don't have the mentality to want to change or to be different, then you can't really expect any type of results. So whether you call it, uh, you know, motivation or self drive or, you know, action, whatever you want to refer to it as that has to be present in order for you to reach goals. So it's one of the, the first things that I'd like to talk about on my podcast in preparation for us doing our 2019 goals together. So if you're feeling like you're lacking that self-drive or that motivation, I want to talk about three things that I think are so important to have when you're lacking that to kind of build it up. And the first thing, the first thing that I think people need when they're lacking motivation or self-drive is self-love. I think a lot of people really underestimate what it means to love yourself because guys, we are living in a society where self-help books are literally sold in like magazine stands at the airport. Like this is a huge topic of discussion because first of all, it sells. And second of all, it's necessary. You know, we grow up in a world that, you know, some people have this, this belief that we love ourselves too much, that we're selfish. And honestly, in my life experience, we're not selfish. We are, we selflessly give too much of ourselves and then we end up with a lot of anger and pain and hurt and we don't know how to process it at all because what we perceive to be selfish and what we perceive to be self-love are typically, you know, people sort of confuse those things in my opinion. Like it's not selfish to love yourself. It's not selfish to have boundaries. It's not selfish to put yourself first and to make sure that you're taken care of before you extend that out to your family and your friends. And so I think a lot of the times we're so concerned that we might come off as selfish that we are pleasing everyone around us and we don't realize the damage that that's causing to ourselves. And I can tell you guys right now, during my, you know, those two really rough, you know, years, 2014 to 2016, I'll be the first one to tell you, I didn't love myself at all. I didn't even like myself. I, in fact, I had a, arguably a lot of self-hatred. Like I, you know, I put myself in a position where I was literally being sexually assaulted by my boyfriend. Like that obviously tells you that I had no, you know, concept of what it meant to care about myself or I wouldn't have put myself and kept myself in that situation. So I absolutely believe that you will not be 
you know, motivated or have that self-drive to, to change, to reach goals, to, to set goals, to go to the gym, to eat better. You will not be able to reach any of those things if you don't love yourself enough to say, I deserve these things. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be healthy. I deserve to have good relationships. I deserve to have, uh, you know, a functioning, athletic, beautiful body that works for me, that is incredible. And, you know, if you don't have that true self-love and it's not enough just to say the words, you guys, you have to really believe that you are lovable and you have to do things in your life that show your your mind, your body and spirit that you truly care about it. And so if you're, if you're not feeding yourself the right things, if you're not working out your body, if you're letting people do horrible things to you, that is not self-love. So that's, that's the first practical thing that I want you to keep in mind is that you need to love yourself. And again, the best way to do this is to really think about the choices that you're making in your life. Are the choices that you're making the choices that you would encourage a friend to make out of love? That's what you need to ask yourself. Like, is this, is this nurturing my body or is this destroying my body? And it's not always just your body. It's your, your mind, your soul, your spirit, all of that stuff. Like, you need to really ask yourself, is this, is this what I need? Is this what a, a loving person would do for, you know, someone else that they love if you need to use it metaphorically? Or is, it, is this how I would treat myself? Now, the second thing I want to talk about when it comes to, quote unquote, motivation, um, or sort of that self-drive, is discipline. (laughs) Discipline, I feel like, is one of those things that society has just completely blown off. We are, especially in this, this technology age, man, we are, we want things right now. Everything is like, Instant gratification. I want attention. I want to know that I'm great. I want you to love me. I want this relationship now. I want sex now. I want food now. I want, you know, I want to swipe right on my husband. Like, we are all about right now. And that is the exact opposite of what it means to have discipline. Discipline is sacrificing the now in order to better yourself in the long run. So I'm talking longevity here. I think the easiest example and the most relatable example is the example of financials, financials, uh, money, okay? So let's say you have a goal to be more um, financially responsible. So if you want to save money and you want to exercise better you know, financial actions, you can't be spending right now because that is going to inhibit your ability to save and, you know, have that that long goal reached. So let's say you go to the store or me, for example, I am, a, you know, a Starbucks addict. OK, so I can't sit here and say, well, I want to save money and then go buy Starbucks every day, seven days out of the week. I mean, and we're talking I'm losing 40, you know, over 40 dollars each week. But then I'm going to sit there and complain that I didn't reach my long term goal like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So there, you know, and I'm still working on this, to be honest with you, I lack a lot of financial discipline because when I see something that I want to buy, if I can afford it, I want that instant gratification to buy it right now. And that's what I'm going to do. Right. But in order to reach that long term goal and in order to truly have that discipline financially, I have to stop buying Starbucks every day, right? That is the discipline is stop looking at what's going to make you feel good right this second and look at what you need to do to better yourself in the long run. So this is something we can apply to ourselves 
with physical activity. This is something that we can apply in romantic relationships, friendships, our finance. You could literally apply discipline to every aspect of your life. I apply, another way that I apply discipline or that I work on my discipline because I am still, you know, I'm working on my Starbucks thing. I don't drink it every every day like I used to, but, um, you know, I still probably spend a little bit more money, you know, on Starbucks than I should or than I'd really like to. Um, but another way that I exercise discipline is emotionally through disengaging from social media. Because as we know, social media is that instant gratification of us feeling like we're good enough and constantly being validated. And so for me, I know that emotionally in the long run, if I'm constantly running to social media to get that validation, that's going to cause a lot of problems for me emotionally. That's something that I really struggle with is, you know, am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Did I get enough likes? You know, those types of things. So one of the ways that I practice emotional discipline is I go offline. So a lot of my friends know this, like I, you know, I won't be on Snapchat. I'll log out. Uh, There are times where I'll take my, you know, I'll log out of my Instagram when it's on my personal profile. I'll actually completely deactivate it. I've taken the apps off of my phone before. I think the longest I've stayed off of social media is maybe a month, three to four weeks. Um, But that's how I practice emotional discipline is, you know, instead of getting that instant gratification, I say, okay, you need to think in the long run, you know, this support and love and feeling validated, you need to find that within yourself. And if in the long run, you know, you don't figure out how to stop grasping and reaching at social media for that, it's going to cause a lot of, you know, emotional problems and you're going to backtrack. That's sort of, you know, what I, what I say to myself. So those are some examples of discipline. Um, Again, we need that self-love. We need that discipline if we're going to have that, you know, that motivation or that internal drive uh, that's going to propel us forward and get us results (laughs) that the, like, that's what's going to lead to change. And the last thing I want to talk about if you're lacking, you know, that internal motivation or whatever you guys want to call it is personal power. So this is something that this is one of the fundamental things that really uh, changed my life journey that it's really changed me in whole as a human being, honestly, is is realizing how much power I have in my own life. And the results that I get from, you know, the choices and the things that I do. And I got to tell you guys, again, this is one of those things that I feel so many people think, uh, and this is one of my favorite quotes, so many people think that life happens to them, but really life happens for you, not to you. And that what that means is life is a reflection of, of the choices that you make and the way that you think and how you feel and and how you behave, and your willingness to grow, like, your life is a reflection of things that you have done, and I know that seems so basic to say, but a lot of people, especially in our dark times, in our hard, cold seasons, we like to think that we're being punished, right, like, how did this happen, I'm in this terrible place, you know, that was me 2014 to 2016, I mean, that's part of the reason it took me so long to get out of that season, is because I didn't give myself any personal power. So nothing changed. Like if you're constantly blaming external things, you know, people, places, behavior, things that you've experienced, if I'm constantly blaming everything else, nothing will change because I cannot control an abusive man. I cannot control, you know, how a CEO wants to behave. I cannot control how my GM treats me, right? So 
The problem with not understanding your own personal power is you can't ever get change. So because the only thing that we're ever in control of or the only thing that we can ever truly like really influence, you know, to the degree of what it truly means to influence is ourselves. And so people don't understand, you know, victimizing yourself to your circumstances, to your life, to your childhood, to a relationship, to whatever's going on in your life is so, so detrimental. And it is a vicious cycle that will continuously just throw you into the ground. And it just, you want to talk about lacking, you know, quote unquote motivation or self-drive. If you don't know how powerful you are, if you don't know how strong your choices are, your mind, if you don't understand how strong that is, uh, you're just, I mean, it's unlikely that you're, you're going to affect any type of change. So coming into your own personal power and realizing, hey, you know, the things that I do, the things that I say, the choices I make, that is where my life comes from. And let me just give you guys, let me give you a really in your face example, okay? When I was with my abuser, I was going through this phase, you know, part of my recovery phase. Obviously, I went through a lot of anger. Um, and the healing part for intimacy was really, uh, it was very challenging for me. And I was talking to one of my guy friends about it. And, um, you know, I said, I'm really angry. I'm upset. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know how to be around men. You know, it was just this whole thing, like, woe is me. And he asked me, he said, you know, Lindsay, have you thought about how you contributed to this situation? And I distinctly remember feeling very offended and upset with him because it was like, are you implying that, you know, I deserve this abuse? Like, how, how did I contribute to this? Like, he abused me, blah, blah, blah. And what he was trying to say is, yes, you know, and I think he, I, you know, if I remember correctly, he, he directly did tell me this. He said, yes, he abused you, but you stayed in the relationship. Is that not true? And I said, yeah, I, I stayed in it a lot longer than I should have. And he said, okay, so why did you do that? And I was like, uh, you know, I had no idea. So that moment, that part of my recovery and my healing process was so important because what he did was he helped me to remember my personal power, which was that it wasn't my fault that I was abused. Um, it wasn't even necessarily my fault that I was picked, you know, by this person to be abused, but I made the choice to allow that action to continue, right? It took me way too long to get to disengage and to, 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 you know, make a change in that. And when he brought that to my attention, I was able to work on that and develop and, learn things about myself and, you know, and realize that I do have power in my own life and that, yes, it, you know, there are certain circumstances or things that happen to us, but we are always in, in a position to respond and to make a choice based on those things that are happening to us. And so personal power, I think, is, you know, one of those key ingredients to understanding and kind of coming into your full, you know, motivation or you know, self-power, whatever you guys want to call it. So those are my three practical, if you're struggling with self-drive or motivation, whatever you call it, I would definitely have, you know, get some self-love going on. 
Develop your discipline and remember your personal power. Like your choices matter. Every choice, like don't be one of those people. I always use this metaphor. Those people who think that, you know, one vote doesn't make a difference. One vote absolutely makes a difference. Just like in your life, one decision makes a difference. One choice. I'm talking about waking up 10 minutes later than you know you should have. That one choice makes a difference if you don't understand that you don't understand the power of your choices and your own personal power uh as a person so yeah that is what i have to say today about motivation self-drive whatever you will you know your why whatever you all like to call it hopefully you will join me next week i will be having this show every tuesday evening Um, you are free to like, comment, subscribe. I don't know if they do that on this, this app, but do all the, all the, all the things, you know, send me some requests, engagements, you know, ask me questions, whatever you want. Have a great night. See you next week.